streets are going crazy talking about when they see us. But y'all see me, though. Shout out to the homie Elizabeth Letterer and Lori Laughlin. I got us, though. Check me out. Thank you for this beat, Kanye. I can really express how I feel. You know, drop my 16. Here we go. Check it. From my perspective, a jogger was a tag. And you know damn well that that culprit was black. It could be five feet or seven two. Had black or white shoes. Whether one person or 16 dudes. All them dudes is guilty. That's what I said. DNA can exonerate, but I'm still on they heads. I'm Linda Fairstein, and I don't ever back down, even if I'm proven wrong, despite sounding like a clown. When you see me, I'm a best-selling author. See you? You're nothing but a black Netflix watcher. Ava DuVernay thinks she boxed me in, but I'ma rise like Dark Phoenix when y'all closing in. You can take my career, but can't take my bling. I ride hard like Stormy Daniels on this hot 16. Linda Fairstein. I didn't view it originally as being cathartic, but it is. And it was such a dark world when Charlie first talked to me. Uh, you know, people uh, really thought, what do you do? Why do you do this work? It, it can't be um, rewarding. It, it's just dark. And for me, it was richly rewarding because we were getting for the first time justice in court for victims of this kind of intimate violence. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Jesse McCoy, here with the world's leading legal humorist, Sean Carter, for another episode of the Brothers-in-Law Podcast. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I, I have so far successfully avoided uh, when they see us for what, about four weeks now. <laughs> I'm hiding from them like, like they're the student loan people. Every time I see you on Netflix, I just, I just, <laughs> I'm running. I'm scared, oh, man. man. I can't deal with that. I'm scared. An interesting story. When when it first came out, you know, I'm real big on watching all civil rights videos, police brutality videos, because I feel like that's an important element of being black in America. You need to understand what's going on. So right. my wife and I went and we were going to force ourselves to be angry and watch it <laughs> so that we can embrace all the things and all the travesties that happened to Central Park Five. And we literally got about 15 minutes into episode one. And we're like, why are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> we, really, we really don't have to put up with this. We can watch other things. <laughs> we paid our taxes. We be good people. We go to church. Why are we going to do this to ourselves? <laughs> Man, <laughs> you got a young boy, right? Sweet little boy. I, you know, I've got a 15-year-old son. You think I can watch that? Right, no, and they would right. give him up just like that. And, you know, my boys, is, 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 you know, would say whatever they told him to say, likely. Right? I'm like, oh man, no, 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 no. I, I'm just sitting there, just hugging it. Every time I, see, every time I just see the picture come by, I just, I just hug him. Go, 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 go make him give me a hug. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna be able to watch it yet. But, I, but you're right though. That's the thing is, you know, we, we can't, you know, turn. Think about it. We ask white people to take a look at this stuff, right? How are we going to do our to ourselves? 
I'm taking the excuse here, and a lot of my brothers have done this. We're, we're so full of it. Well, we were, you know, around back then, right? You know, I remember the Central Park Five. So, you know what? Even though we didn't know any of this stuff, think about it. No one knew this stuff until now, right? But we didn't know yeah. this stuff. We're taking the, you know, every brother my age is like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's trauma. I remember that. I lived through it, kind of. Hell, half of us thought they were guilty. <laughs> That's what Donald Trump said. Yeah, he said it today. They confessed. They must have done it. He ain't watched. He ain't watched it either. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to watch it just to support Ava DuVernay, who I think is a master storyteller okay. uh, in getting people's real life documentaries put out there in a way that becomes digestible for right. the mainstream. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of hers. The problem though is. We also have this thing called local news. <laughs> it's, like, it's hard to sit here and be like, man, police were really wilding back in the 80s. I hear you. They were really great. <laughs> and we still got stuff going on to this day, uh, watching it on the local news every night. And and it's one of those things where it's like you go through the motion. Like we've gotten to a point in my household that we don't even watch news more than five minutes anymore. Right. Like, we turn on Netflix, watch a happy movie or watch something that we want. Um, I want to see if I got to watch something, I want to see black people fighting back. I'm watching Django. Like, I'm so watching fighting back. Historically accurate Django, right? Yeah, I get I, 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 historical fiction. I understand. No, I, I, I hear you, brother. You know, it is, it is so challenging. You know, we've talked about this before where, you know, and this is the kind of thing where it's hitting us from all directions. You got real life hitting you. You got, you know, the past, right? Because we bring up stuff from the past and we, you know, we know the future's going to be bad. Matter of fact, Spike Lee, you know, brought that into the future with his, uh, did you see his, um, his, his, his thing from a few weeks ago on Netflix, um, about the little girl who was time traveling, a sister who was time traveling? Oh, no, I ain't hear about that. Oh, Mr. Spike Lee had a great, big, big Netflix thing. I'll, I'll, I'll pull up the name of it here. Um, but it was, you know, a big, um, you know, fad, you know, that, you know, how it works now. About two weeks is, is the longest we'll ever have any success. Um, but, you know, the movie was was great. Um, but here's the thing is, the, the little black girl, see you yesterday. And so the little black girl keeps time traveling. But you know what she's trying to tra- time travel? To stop her brother from being shot innocently by the cops. Mm. She got to jump about eight times. We got to see this boy get killed by the cops by eight times. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't do it. I, she, they lost me. I, I, I couldn't even get through the preview. I had seen him get shot three times in the preview. I'm like, I, I can't do it. I, I can't do it. Um, and, you know, there becomes a point where, you know, I think sometimes, you know, we, we get to, we run the risk of being, you know, a, a little, um, you know, a little tender and raw where, you know, I'm like a little white girl now. I'm triggered. I'm feeling unsafe. <laughs> call the police. <laughs> I'm about to call the police on black people now. I'm so, 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 so triggered. Um, you know, and so uh, I, I need therapy and hugs. Um, now, you said local, because you actually guys had a big thing, a trial in North Carolina. Yeah, so um, the trial that we've been waiting for, for Craig Hicks, and for those of you who may not remember, Craig Hicks is the person who was accused of murdering three Muslims uh, students over at UNC in Chapel Hill. Uh, and the debate really, the way that he tells it stems from a parking space, but we all know Islamophobia is a real thing. Uh, and so the, the thing that came out in the trial, and I actually got a chance to sit 
Um, I think everybody in Durham was, was at this trial, but I actually got a chance to sit and see a large portion of the trial. And the thing that the prosecution did a really good job of showing, and it wasn't even a trial, it was just his sentencing basically because he pled guilty. The thing they did a, a great job of showing was, uh, not just the fact that he was Islamophobic and he had all these different opinions that he had expressed through social media, but also the links to which the victims had gone to appease him, right? So prior to this incident even happening, they have uh messages and they have phone calls with other people where they say, well, we really don't want our neighbor to be upset. Let's not park here. Let's do this. So they tried their best to be accommodating to him, knowing that the issue ain't the parking space, right? And then the most horrific part of this case is that all three people get murdered by this guy, right? But the uh, one of the victims had a cell phone and was actually recording the entire time that the confrontation was going on. And so you literally get to see the last moments of this person's life where they're dead and he's still recording. Right. And the guy didn't try to fight it. I mean, this guy has been for the past what three years. He's been sitting here saying, oh, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. In the hopes that he was going to get the death penalty. And what he ended up actually getting is three life sentences plus 204 days on top of that for good measure. So uh it's pretty safe to say that he probably won't be seeing a Popeye's chicken anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> um and you know it, and and it's one of those things where I was very impressed by the Muslim community in Durham, North Carolina because when you went through the hall all you saw was people of Islamic faith standing in the hallway comforting each other, um crying together. They had packed out at least two courtrooms, right? So we had to open up another courtroom that was just the videotape of it. And this was what they called the overflow, like it was church. Uh, and so it was just full of people. And of course, the uh, defendant had his supporters too. So he had his family members and, you know, folks who think that everything, everybody got it all wrong and confrontations in the hallway. What all wrong is, I plead guilty. I saw a quote from the guy who said, hey, I've been trying to tell people since day one I shot the people. That was four years ago. Right? Yeah. I've been I've been trying to tell you people that I was guilty all this time. What the heck are you, what is there, there, there dispute that, that they should have been shot on the parking space? No, I think people are just very protective of their own relatives. Okay. Particularly when you see that the courtroom is pretty much uh, you know, filled up with people that he allegedly hates. So, uh, <laughs> I think they just were trying to be protective and say that, you know, there's more to this guy than what he did. The problem okay. is, well, he killed three people. Right? No, no, <laughs> no, no, finally, we can explore all that in prison. Um, uh, but, right. but that, that's where you gotta go. Um, you know, you know, I'm getting triggered again. I'm, 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 I need to, 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 to have a, I need a pumpkin spice latte, something. Um, help me, help, help me, Lord. Um, let's move across the country. Let's get, let's get across the ocean and talk about, let's go to Ireland. And, and the luck of the Irish is actually the luck of the Nigerian Irish. Now that's black Irish. That, that, that's right. literally black Irish, right? <laughs> We're talking right. about Ireland's got its first black mayor. I'm going to tear the name up, Rotimi Adabari. That's just a bit. 
Oh, that's pretty good. I know. I, I'm about to go to Nigeria. Uh, can't stay here. Uh, and so, um, it's a brother who, who fled Nigeria in 2000. Uh, interestingly enough, he converted to Christianity and, um, and fled and said he was, um, you know, religious minority and persecuted and got, um, asylum in Ireland and decided as the only black man in Ireland, I need to run the whole damn country or at least this city. And uh, I'm impressed. Well, you know, what's even more impressed, impressing is that he was supported by both the right wing and left wing parties, which means that a lot of people uh, over the course of the years of his action in civic responsibilities, they like him. They like the guy. Oh, no, no. He, you know, he's been in a ton of town county. It's not like some guy just decided, you know what, I'm going to run this whole damn thing. He's he been trying to run the whole thing from, from day one and, you know, since he built up a, a good resume and I hope he does good things. It's interesting. Like I said, you know, I don't, I think he might be the only brother, including his family, because his sister, I mean, his wife, look, um, I don't know how to say this, uh, white. All right. So, um, <laughs> he didn't find the other Nigerian in, in, in this town of Ireland. But, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, I think that, and I've always told people, if I move to Montana, pick a town, I could be mayor of that town in, 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 a, in a year, in three years. And mm-hmm. I truly believe that if, and the only thing that's important is, I didn't bring no more black people. Not even for a long weekend <laughs> holiday. Can't do cookout. Can't do cookout. I can't bring no more black people in Montana. But if I would have stayed there and not, you know, according to them, ruin their property values, I think I could be mayor because I'd be the most famous person in town. Now, remember, mm-hmm. I'm just like three-quarter black, right? And, you know, I got, I got some Indian in my family, right? But, but, okay. but, but this is this is 100% black, all right? This is about 110% black. Uh, so you know he's going to be real famous because he, you know, he's not the guy who plays soccer. This is black, black, right? And so, yes, you know, brother here was going to definitely, um, you know, do something. And I find that, generally speaking, if you're you know, a minority, it's okay if you're the only one. You're not a threat. Okay. What are you gonna do? They gonna take over the whole town? Just start, you know, only serve Nigerian food, right? He can't get a restaurant, right? It's <laughs> like you know, you're not a threat. You have to, you know, assimilate in the community. He really assimilated, right? Uh, and so, um, you know, generally speaking, you know, it, it, like I said, you know, you become almost, you know, the good black. And I just want to clarify. We got a lot of our listeners who actually watch Power. This is not the same Rotimi from Power. This is a completely <laughs> different guy. So I don't want you, I don't want you, you know, thinking that the person who's running this city of, what is it, Port Louise in, uh-huh. in Ireland is somehow running off on 50 cents money. No, nope, now, now I gotta go look up Rotimi. All right, now, now, no, 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 Rotimi got a whole bunch of Indian in his family. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He, he damn near, you know what, matter of fact, he's trying to get Clay Thompson's job for the Warriors now. Uh, no, 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 this brother we talking about is, 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 you know, straight from the, from the tap of blackness. Wakanda forever. Right? That's the real, 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 real black. Um, and so, um, yeah, yeah, not, not the same guy, not the same guy at all. Absolutely. All right. So we have taken it across the ocean and we want to now take it above us. <laughs> <laughs> First, let's set it up with the, the, the clip. Some of you will recognize it immediately. Um, I think it's self-explanatory. I hope, but yes, this is all going to be above me now. 
call me a well, fucking well, I nigger. I stay here. My mother died. I understand that, but you call me a fucking I'm nigger. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. You weren't sorry when you said it on the phone. I was. Listen, there was no, but at, at the end of the day, I a, I and the climate word. that we live in today, society, I, said I, was sorry. I understand that, but it's it's above me now. Cause I need a room tonight. Well, there's the best restaurant next door. No, please let me hear. My daughter's here. I'm sorry, but I mean, I was on the phone when you said it. I said I'm sorry. Please, I've been in a, I've had a horrible day. And I today. had a horrible time when hearing that. He won't let me in. It's, it's above me. She called me a fucking nigger. Sir, my grandma just I died. understand that, but it's above me. Let me, please let me. It's above me. Sorry. I got my the best card. restaurant is next door. Sir, the rest of our family I understand is here. that, but it's above me. Please. I apologize. She said what she sir. said. I understand that. I understand. <laughs> you know, every time I watch that, it's like the Sapruder film. Right, I, I get more nuance for, for, from it, although I still, and somebody, you got to explain it to me, Jesse, if not, somebody got to write in and tell me, what the hell was above him? <laughs> he, you know, he said he was on the phone, I'm like, were you on the phone with corporate? Like, you know, because I think corporate would let you, you know, rent the room to, to, to this racist, so explain to me what's above you now. <laughs> That's that's the way of saying I sent it up to the manager and oh by the way I am the manager. Ah, <laughs> there you go. All right, all right. So it wasn't above him, but it was above her. Got it. All right. He says it's above you now. Um, and uh, you know, good for the brother. Uh, he handled it well. Certainly better, I think, than you and I would have handled it. Um, yeah, and this is um, just what's wrong with that Best Western though? That's the real problem I got. Because the place you look at, it looks like a four season in there. It didn't look like, yeah, I see a bunch of marble and stuff. So, 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 what's wrong with the, how bad is the Best Western? If you think about it, she'd rather get the room from the inward than to go to the right. Best Western. Best Western, let us, you need to sponsor with us, and we will raise your profile. At least among racists, because uh, they don't like you. Racists don't like you, and I'm not sure black people like you a lot either. What Best Western call us, but we can help you. And Rare Root Fan and Econo Lodge don't like you either. So this is a peak time for you to, you know, invest in yourself. And, right? and you know what? It, it's above you now. It's above it's you above now, Best Western. <laughs> you got to call us. Now, nope. here's the thing. Is the, the, the brother's name, and, and, and I, I forgot it now, um, you know, he Craig had his, what's his name, Craig what? Craig Brooks. Craig Brooks had his 15 minutes of fame, and it got cut short. I thought it was like 15 seconds of fame. Like, <laughs> as soon as well, they he, started making he, the yeah. dance mixes. Oh, man, exactly. Well, he went from famous to infamous. That's as fast, you know, it took, you know, R. Kelly years, right? He, <laughs> <laughs> he had no follow-up album, no step in the name of love, nothing. It just went from we love you is above you now to um e- e- the, the, the transphobia is is above you now. Right, <laughs> right. So, uh, Mr. Brooks, apparently, as soon as he got famous, people started doing their deep dives on the internet to find out more about who he is. And lo and behold, he has a Twitter page that had some, uh, not so great tweets, uh, <laughs> focused on the, uh, um, focused on transgender communities and how at first it seemed benign where he was just saying he didn't understand. And then it got progressively <laughs> worse. Um, 
to the point where, and, and this is something that, you know, I want our listeners to understand. Mr. Brooks identifies as a gay man. Right. So, so this is somebody who, when we talk about LGBTQIA issues, he is part of the community, but caught extra flack because how dare you be part of the community and then try to divide the community with these comments about people who are transgender. You can't um, be an LGB, you know, what was that, QIA and leave out the T. Right, that's not gonna right. be LT. Right, right. Left out the, the T, right? You can't leave out the, the T and the BLT. Right. Um, and and here's the thing about you know got me with a couple things were I think this is you know the, the lessons we can all learn from this, right? He says I have nothing against trans, I just don't agree with it. Here's mm-hmm. what's a good thing to remember: you ain't gotta agree with shit. Right. Ain't nobody <laughs> ask you whether you agree with it. I certainly don't have white people telling me, you know, I just don't agree with it. I didn't ask for you to agree with it, right? <laughs> the person feels the way they feel and, and legitimately so, and I promise you, nobody is um, faking being trans. All right. Nobody is sitting here, you know, thinking about growing body parts and and taking ones off, particularly ones that most of us men have become very, very, um, will be the word for, um, you know, (laughs) familiar. There you go. Attached to, um, uh, you know, uh, because, you know, it's on a whim. Right. That's obviously something that you've been, you know, struggling with for a long time. And so, you know what? I don't necessarily understand you know, body uh, gender dysphoria. I don't understand the idea that, but but guess what? I don't have to. It right. doesn't it, it, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, it shouldn't. That doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to. It should not matter to a trans person. And 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 certainly, my un- lack of understanding should not impede their rights and and and, and, and you know and, and and you know and abilities and all of that. It's not up. And I think that's why I love that. It's like I gotta agree with it. You ain't gotta agree with the damn thing. Yeah, and we were talking about this earlier um, before we started recording. I I kind of feel like I've always been curious as to what people's uh, opinions have to do with anything. Like, why is why is it that folks are so against things like gay marriage or uh, people who are doing gender reassignment surgeries if it don't involve you? Like, I, I understand what what the point is. Like, if somebody says, "Hey, you know, I think that I'm actually a woman or, I, or I'm a woman I think I'm actually a man what I just don't understand what value you feel like you have in one expressing that you don't agree with the viewpoint right, 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 and right, right. trying to legislate to prevent that person from being able to do what it is they want to do to themselves I don't understand well, exactly. Um, and here's the thing about it. It wasn't it's like his, 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 his comments. I mean, they don't wrong. For the most part, they're harmless because think about it. You know, he, he stuff is above him at the, be, at, at the, at the best Western, right? So obviously, you know, <laughs> he's not a mover and shaker. He's not determining policy, right? But he right. did at one point say, I don't like Trump, but I agree on his stance about trans in the military. And then at that point, I'm like, wait a minute. So, so you're now supporting, you know, limiting other people's rights and legally. Right. Because mm-hmm. you don't understand. Like, what were you afraid of? And don't tell me the expense of accommodating trans people in the military, because um, we spend we you know, we, we, we still, you know, got those two, three million dollar toilet seats running around the Pentagon. Like, don't act like, you know, we can't afford a, 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 a diff, a, one more shower stall at, at the Pentagon. Right. Like, don't act like, you know, right. that, that somehow this is, you know, some great imposition on the rest of us. 
And I think, generally speaking, if someone is willing to do what I'm not willing to do, which is give them my freedom and go to, you know, to the, to, to the desert where they don't have the Netflix or any of the other internet sites I like and, right. and to do that for, 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 for three years, you get to, you, you get to choose whatever gender you want. You matter of fact, you only have to stay within the human genus if you want to. You can be a camel if you want to. Good for you. Because <laughs> I, I ain't going to fight for nobody. All right. So, so you go ahead and, you know, if you're willing to, to be a hero and fight for this country, the least I can do, right, is, is to call you by your preferred pronoun. Right. And, and this is the other thing that's interesting always when it gets to people's political viewpoints. I'm reminded of the interview that was done with Caitlyn Jenner when Caitlyn Jenner said, well, I'm actually a conservative. Ah! <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just looking at the screen eating popcorn flabbergasted that Caitlyn Jenner considers herself to be a conservative Republican. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I can tell you, that was one thing we learned as liberals, is we might, before we crown people as a hero, uh, ask a few more questions. <laughs> right? Oh, she's a hero, she's a great thing, said the movement channel, she's the advanced LGBT, she really? Because she's trying to lock up everybody but her. Right? Right? <laughs> Um, you know, one thing we don't have to worry about though, we know we got a hero in AOC. Absolutely. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Absolutely. She is the only person that I see in Washington who I feel like has a good grip on what the average everyday American is dealing with and is trying to use her powers as a congressperson to try to effectuate change and half of that is just putting people on the hot seat uh when they need to be questioned and, and, and so let's do that absolutely let's listen to a little uh acacia cortez um i want to make sure i don't play best western or anything like that because we got we got good uh, we got good aoc here we go is white supremacy not a global issue We've seen white supremacist attacks that were clearly domestic terrorism. Experts, in fact, um, the acting AG, Jeff Sessions, even called some of these incidents domestic terrorism is an incident. The Emanuel AME Church shooting of black Americans in Charleston and the Tree of Life synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh of, of Jewish people, that, those were only designated and charged as hate crimes not domestic terrorist incidents. You're not going to find an actual charge of domestic terrorism out there. If you look at Title 18, right, if you're looking for... Well, it says here that, but at the San Bernardino shooting or the Orlando Pulse nightclub shooting, they were designated and charged as domestic terrorist incidents. They were, they were charged, I'd have to go back and look, they were charged likely with, uh, if there was a connection to a foreign terrorist organization, would likely fall under 18 U.S.C. 23 uh, A or B. So because because the perpetrator was Muslim, they are – doesn't it seem that because the perpetrator is that, Muslim that's not that do, the that, designation would no. say it's a foreign no, organization? No, it's not correct. If you – All right, he got a little offensive. We got a little into the legal weeds. <laughs> I do love the way she's putting people on the hot seat. Now the thing is, is, is that you know AOC is really 
challenging to me because she's challenging a lot of my elitist assumptions. And, okay. and, and I, you know, generally think, you know, that maybe we shouldn't turn the whole world over to waitresses, but apparently we should. All right. We need to give them more responsibility than the damn orders and chicken wings because this woman was a waitress last year and now she is challenged. She's, she's challenging this guy and, and, and had her facts together. Right. Yep. Wasn't trying to grandstand. Was just trying to get. He ended up getting into code sections. She's reading back. Well, weren't these people? You know, this is a woman. Forget the advanced degrees and all that stuff. All right. Who who knows her stuff and really challenging my. You know, now I'm starting to think that maybe maybe I I you know I might have to be less snobbish. Well, I think the American ideal of government. This is really what it's supposed to be about. It's right. about people who understand the everyday inner workings of America going to Capitol Hill to effectuate some degree of change that helps us all. Now, despite how great she's been from my perspective, right. there are certainly people who feel like she's trying to change the way things are done in a way that's negative or that she doesn't have enough experience to be talking about all the issues that she's trying to advocate people in or that she's getting facts wrong. Even people from her own party who have made statements to her or her, um, her staff to say, you need to fall back on talking about X, Y, and Z. Um, and, and I think it just kind of goes to the fact that Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, I wasn't going to say Nancy Pelosi, but since we Nancy say Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, I'll say Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> To the fact that, um, you know, whenever somebody brings a new idea or change to Capitol Hill, it's always going to be met with some degree of resistance by the establishment personnel from either side of the aisle uh, because people feel like they know better. They've been doing this longer or whatever the case may be. But sometimes the fresh ideas are the very injection that your legislature needs in order to basically get back in touch with reality this is why we have trump as a president because people are looking for something outside of the normal paradigm that the government uh instrumentality pushes on us well no, absolutely you know personally i gotta tell you two things i'm very very impressed with one a few months ago she was the it girl she was she was she was booty judge and before booty judge was booty judge right or or you know where every story was about her right and she was on I think Colbert and you know and Camo and everybody and then you know as the news cycle goes you know her 15 minutes of fame sort of ebbed a little bit she still has a huge Twitter following but she was was perfectly willing to settle back and to go back and just do the business of the people right. She's not trying to grandstand here. You know, she's just, you know, handling her business. You know, she had to prepare for this, obviously. So she's not a part, you know, and I was impressed because I got to tell you, you get a little bit of notoriety, just a, a, just a tense for some people. Now, hypothetically speaking, if you wrote a post that say went viral and had a couple hundred thousand, you might, I don't know, want to have a next post like that. And you might spend all your time for the rest of the next year writing crazy stuff so people get, you get your post up. You know, you wouldn't do that. You don't know what I'm talking about. And I don't know what I'm talking about, but, but other people <laughs> might do that kind of crazy stuff. You know, you, you know, you, you have a couple viral posts, but you, you know, you, you, you weren't like, you know, before the next week, I know you weren't, but 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 other people would, would 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 be excited about it. And I'm impressed that she's mature enough. It's like I'm not doing this for the thing. I might come to that, but she's out there just handling her business and not trying to be, you know. Because if it was me, I got to tell you, and I'm that age. Uh, I, I'm I'm a I'm a get back on Colbert show. 
All right, but it might not be the right way. All right, I might, you know, I, <laughs> I might be getting back there because the video of me in the back of a police car. But I'm going to do something, all right, to get me some attention because I, I miss my attention. And she's just perfectly, you know, a lot mature than, 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 than I certainly would be at, at 51, but certainly at her age. And, uh, you know, I, I have, I said it, you know, hastily, but I haven't seen anything. If the presidency is open for Dems and 2000, you know, damn, I don't give a damn if it's open for Dems or not. All right. Cause all of our candidates are too damn old. AOC, you run. All right. In 2024, I will quit my job cause I don't have one and come work for you, girl. Cause you know, <laughs> you, if you got benefits, girl, I'm there. So, you know, holler at your boy. Uh, cause that, that's, that, that's my president right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to take a step back and talk about some of the substance that they were we're discussing in this interaction oh, yeah, as well. That too. Um, because it's very interesting. One of the first things, you know, white people, you may not know this. One of the first things that black people do whenever we see a uh, another story of some mass shooter in America, we say, well, wow, what does it take for <laughs> that person to be deemed a terrorist? Like if, if they were connected to Islam, or they were connected to Al Shabaab or Al Qaeda or any other Al name in front of Al Jaro. Al Sharpton. <laughs> absolutely. Al from the barbershop. Basically, <laughs> as long as they're not, if they're not white, we can figure out what terrorist, you know, chain they, they, they link to. Absolutely. But, but, but otherwise, you know, we can't do that with white people. Here's the thing is, I don't even care if they're charged officially as terrorists because the charging, you know, all of these things are life sentences. All right. It's, it's not going to matter so much. But even on TV, the announcer can't even call them terrorists. Lone wolves. They're <laughs> lone wolves. Oh my God. Sympathetic guy. He couldn't get a woman. Right. <laughs> and I had, I couldn't get a woman either. It was called high school. All right, right, I right. run around and shoot everybody. Right. <laughs> wanted to probably, but I couldn't. <laughs> the the and, twelve and, of them didn't have friends, so they bonded together for a full <laughs> <season. laughs> Wow. Yeah, exactly. exactly. If you got a mafia, if you got that, that by definition means you can't be a lone wolf, right? You can't be mafia right. by yourself. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so, you know, there is, there, so you anyway, you were saying that basically, you know, we can't seem to ever designate white guys as terrorists. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, a, a white person can literally, I don't know, walk into a church and kill everybody strictly because they're black and we'll still be like, eh, we're not sure. <laughs> we're not sure. Wow. Wow. Well, I don't uh, think that, you know, we have a hard time even designating those as hate crimes half the time. It's like, well, we don't really know what's in anybody's heart. Like, really? What a coincidence. Right. He happened to go to the black churches by accident, huh? All the white churches he passed on the way there. He couldn't. He told you, by the way, I hate black people. We got it all on the Internet, but we don't know what's in anybody's heart. And, and, and I tell you, generally speaking, you know, I'm actually getting kind of skeptical and worried about the hate crime laws. And here's why, because every law that starts out for us, they find a way to twist it. And next thing you know, it'll be used against us. And you and I, they'll be pulling up something on on, on the podcast. Like, look, he mentioned white people don't use soap. And therefore, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and here's what I mean by laws that can be jammed against you. We've seen it with regard to Facebook, right? Facebook has these yeah. community standards that technically was supposed to keep people from, you know, you know, using vile and, and horrible, you know, racial and, and gender and epithets and, 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 you know, calling women names and gay people. And what is it used for most often now? 
to send sisters to Facebook jail. Right. I, every one of my posts, if I mention whites, I, to keep out of Facebook jail, I have to use asterisks. I can't even do, like, you know, the things people do, they, they spell out, you know, Y-T-E or two V's for, for the W, because they got algorithms for that. What you can't do is for asterisks, because you can't, right, search that, that could be anything, right? But I use right. the asterisks, I could say black, 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 and then I got these asterisks. So somehow the community standards, which are supposed to protect us from this violent, vile, racial, and, you know, homophobic and, and misogynist language, ends up protecting white fragility. Absolutely. Absolutely. We had two people, three women in Arizona recently who got charged with, um, got charged with, I love this. So they basically, they left water out in the desert so that when people are trying to cross the border, they won't die of starvation. Oh yeah, I remember this story. Alright, these three women were just recently convicted. They're gonna serve up to six months in jail apiece for the crime of saving people's lives. But guess what they got them on? An environmental regulation. They said that you went out there in this, in this protected habitat, this, this sanctuary, and you trampled the grass. (laughs) And you you ruined, you drove your car, and you ruined the pristineness of this, this, this sanctuary. Now, by the way, one which that judge would be more than happy to let ExxonMobil drill in. He wouldn't have a problem with that. <laughs> All right. If, if they found desert, if they found if they, if they found oil in my desert, there would be no desert left, right? They would they would pump that in a minute. But you see how you use it, right? You use an environmental regulation to punish liberals for saving the lives of of undocumented people. That's crazy. And so, generally speaking, with hate crime legislation and stuff like that, I'm like, look, if we can get people in jail and keep them there, then you know what? Maybe fine, because I can see all of this stuff getting turned around when it's time to, you know, to get us, um, you know, for the stuff that's supposed to protect us. But anyway. Well, on a, on a related note, based on something that you brought up, um, I noticed this a lot after uh, Donald Trump won the presidency. When did knowledge of what was going on in someone's heart become, like, the standard? For, for assessing racism. That, like, well, you, you, you know, that's actually a funny thing because you're right. When did that be, so you're saying, you know, that's a ridiculous standard. Okay. You're saying. <laughs> no, you're saying, you, when did that become the standard? You right. tell me, when do you think it became the standard? I have no idea. I have no idea. It's like now, no matter how racist the activity is that somebody is accused of doing or caught on tape doing, everybody's response now is, well, I don't know what's in his heart. It's like, why do you need to know? Why does it matter? He's right. here playing duck hunt with black people. I don't understand <laughs> what it's <laughs> well, no, Thank you. And I'm glad you, you know, and here's the part of it is. Part of it is the idea, two things, I think. One, that we tend to still haven't figured out that racism isn't about feelings. It's not even an attitude. It, it's action, like you said, right? It doesn't matter if, if you love, love black people or I hate them. If you're playing black duck hunt, you're racist, right? Absolutely. <laughs> if, if what you do impacts black people negatively and disproportionately so, it doesn't matter what your, you know, your, your mindset is. But also we have, and this is just generally, a, you know, I almost call it, you know, instead of white supremacy, we still have that feeling supremacy. Mm. We dealt with this a little bit on, on, online this weekend, Father's Day. 
I want to actually talk about this. We're going to talk about this. Fathers, I started noticing, you know, you had people who had bad, you know, childhoods growing up and poor fathers who were posting about how, you know, this day is so sad for them and how, you know, you know, that, that, you know, they, they, seeing the other people's posts about happy fatherhood, you know, brought sadness to them. Okay. And my thought was, like, yes, I understand that could happen. We don't all have these, these idyllic situations. But you know what? Damn your feelings. All right. This is Father's what? Day. God damn it. All right. You, you, you shut up. You shut your ass up on Father's Day. All right. <laughs> because you don't go to a wedding and talk about your horrible divorce. That's not your day to do that. We got 364 <laughs> other days to talk about your sorry ass daddy. And I will join in to help you on most of those days. All right. <laughs> But on the one good day for daddy, your feelings don't matter. Shut your ass up. And people were like, you got to make space for my feelings. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Your feelings are not important, really. All right? And I think all of us have this, you know, feeling supremacy where if I feel it, it's more important than actions. So if I don't feel racist, if I don't hate the black people in my heart, it's more important than the actions. And I'm like, no. If you, you know, are going through the airport and knock me over, Right? Knock right. me over and spill all my, you know, and, and, and make me spill my monster drink, right? And, 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 and you know, and the, and the seven dollar candy I just bought, right, from, from, from Natalie's and the hell with you, Natalie's. Um, then, <laughs> you know what? Uh, I don't give a damn how you felt about it, right? I mean, what you thought about it, you caused damage to me, right? You owe me seven dollars and you owe me about forty dollars with, with the cost of airport monster but the point is is that you know you're you're it's more impact right than intention and all that and you know we got to get people to understand that because we can't ever judge the feelings i don't know what the heck's in donald trump's heart in this sense i know that he intentionally does racist stuff but i don't know if he just knows that it works for him right he's using it utilitarily or he really hates black people i have a feeling there's some black people he really likes Donald Trump was trying to fight to get OJ on The Apprentice. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I know the black people that Donald Trump likes. I feel like we know that he loves Kanye. There you go. <laughs> that love is mutual. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, that, that is true. Um, aside from that, I mean, I feel like they probably have a secret friendship, him and Steve Harvey. Um, <laughs> don't say that about Steve don't say that I mean I'm not knocking them I think when you get filthy rich you hang out with filthy rich people yeah. well, and that's what it is right you know Trump is more like you know and that's the thing that cracks me up is, is that you know Trump is, is, is probably more uh, definitely is more of a wealth snob than a racist right if you were rich he, mm-hmm. he, he would like a rich black person better than a broke ass white person alright right you know, but he understands that his base, his political future, requires, you know, a fair amount of red meat for the base. And so he's right. willing to serve that up. And so here's the thing about it. He can say to me, well, Sean, I'm not, you know, intentionally racist. I don't hate black people, but, but you hurt us to get your way. You're just as dangerous as the guy who hates me. You might I as think. well. And, and matter of fact, you're more dangerous because you're more calculating about it. The other guy, the guy who hates me is an idiot who doesn't know any better. You know better. And so, you know, hopefully we'll get, we'll get past that. Speaking of racism, we do have to talk about this, this one thing, cause we gotta, we gotta, we gotta talk. Young brothers, listen up. If you have a, a young black man in your life, um, get him off the Xbox right now. And we need to have a talk with him about, um, the racist Airbnb host. Oh. 
and oh, maybe oh, we'll oh. play the video first. We'll play the audio clip first. And this is four or five young brothers. I say young brothers and young brothers were in their early 20s or so. Got an Airbnb place. And there's a dispute. I think the person is upset. They think that they brought too many people or more people than they claim they were going to bring. It's like it seats, it's like it seats, it, it sleeps four. They have five. And there is a young Asian woman who I guess owns the place who doesn't want them to stay there. And here's how the conversation goes. And it's in New York. Airbnb description said. I said, no party. Your complaint wasn't about the pets. I'm no party. What party is here? What's the party? Look, look, this is a party. Look, you said we can stay here. Our names were submitted. We're staying here. This is not a party. Your place speaks five. It it does on the Airbnb description. It says four in a couch. So that's five. You have it on your Airbnb description. Which monkey is going to stay on the couch? Which monkey is going to stay on the couch? Which monkey is going to stay on the couch? Your mom. Your mom's going to stay on the couch. Wow. And then she, she, she walks out. Now, uh, I guess let's start with the positive. We should probably, I guess, start with the positive. They did call out her mama. All right, so. <laughs> that's a positive. Now. If you, hopefully you've gotten your young person in the, 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 the within earshot of us, with the car, hopefully. So let me talk to the young brother. Um, young brothers, um, little tiny Asian women should not call you monkeys to your faces. <laughs> they should not feel safe doing so. And I'm not encouraging you to hit anybody. To please don't say that. Don't, don't call me with the lawsuits. I'm simply saying if you comport yourself in a way that you're supposed to as a proud black man, no one will ever say that to your face unless they're law enforcement and they got a gun. They might say it, all right? But nobody else will say that to you. Jesse, you, 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 what are you, 40-something now? Nah, I'm I'm 36. Damn, I'm 36, baby. Man, I'm gonna start talking to you, baby. Look at the Jesse, Jesse, 36. Uh, in in the time you've been an adult, since you've been a grown man, how many people have called you a monkey to your face? Zero. You sure? Zero. It didn't happen I'm just every day at a just last week at, a, at an Airbnb, just randomly. Nope. How many people nope. said it to your you and your four boys to your face? Uh, definitely, they wouldn't say it in front of me. I know they wouldn't say that in front of me. In front of your boys, right? Dangerous situation. Thank you. That's a dangerous situation. Now, part of the problem here is I can tell from the way the brothers are talking. The, the, the couple, there's a video here. One brother got skinny jeans on. It, brothers, you're not going to intimidate anybody in skinny jeans. All right, you, you, people are going to call you all kind of primates. All right, lemurs and all kind of stuff. <laughs> If you wearing skinny jeans, and I might call it to you too, because come on, brothers, are uh, you grown man? Secondly, you could tell none of them have bass in their voice. That's a suburb voice. All right, okay. that, that that's the suburbs. Listen to me. All right, if you're a brother now, you've been raised in the suburbs. I ain't mad at you. All right, I got sons just like you. You've been raised in the suburbs, but here's what you're gonna need to do. You're gonna need to do a Compton Exchange program. You're gonna need to find a hood <laughs> near you. And just do one of those, you know, the things where you spend two weeks in the hood. Let your brother come to the suburbs two weeks. He'd be happy to get out of the hood for two weeks in the summer. Get some air conditioning. Let him come to your place. You go to the hood for two weeks and get some bass in your voice. Oh, yeah. And I know he's going to appreciate going to that nice 
air conditioned grocery store. Thank Woo, you. You got fresh produce. Woo, well, please, like you said, grocery store, <laughs> not the bodega, not the convenience store, a grocery store, right? That has actually vegetables in it. Let the brother have, let, yeah, let the brother from the hood get a vegetable, right? This summer, you go to the hood and let, and let them teach you how to get some bass in your voice. Because I'm nobody is telling four brothers from Compton calling them monkeys. I promise you that. Right. <laughs> right. I remember how I felt the first time I went in the grocery store and I saw them actually separate the apples, oranges, and bananas. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> the other thing is, now we can talk to the adult people, all right? Black people, um, no more Airbnb for us. Can't I, Airbnb. I have, I, I travel for a living. I have literally checked into a thousand hotels in, in my travels and um not once have I been called a monkey or told that they didn't have last minute occupancy or I had too many uh, people in room um for one because it's only me but 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 the point was is that th- this doesn't happen to you at the Marriott it doesn't right. it doesn't happen to you now it might happen to you at whatever that hotel the best western whatever that hotel next door to the best western is um but but even it won't really happen to you there um uh, if if and, and here's what i'm saying i don't know how much cheaper airbnb airbnb is but i know it's not as cheap as you getting the youtube video and now you sleep out on the curb or right? i don't know how cheap that is but don't do that all right you don't, how much is it worth to you to not be called a monkey it's worth $130 a night for me to not be called a monkey. That's the price I'm putting on it. Go get you a hotel, all right, at hotels.com, and uh, and stop messing with Airbnb. Yeah, and I've never been really comfortable with staying in somebody else's house. Like, Thank you. <laughs> first By the way, have we told you about white people in the washcloths? Have we told you about Why are you being chicken? Why are you trying to stay there anyway? You know darn yeah. well. You know how. I bet you your mama ain't doing Airbnb. No, she ain't. Yeah. She ain't bring the pine yeah. saw, the lights all right. She ain't gonna spend the whole weekend trying to clean somebody's house before she get comfortable. And you know yeah. how black women ain't gonna get comfortable until it's clean. Right, you spend the whole weekend cleaning that house on Airbnb. Go, go to the Marriott. You be all right. Um, and then what else do we have on tap here? So uh, we want to talk about some of these scares that are going on in the Dominican Republic. Um, <laughs> If you've been paying attention over the past uh, roughly two two or three weeks, uh, not only do we have a slew of people, uh, travelers from America who are going to the Dominican Republic and for whatever reason ended up deathly sick or dead, but we also have uh, famous people like uh, Poppy Ortiz, David yeah. Ortiz, uh, going to Dominican Republic, uh, his home, uh, just to get shot, <laughs> get shot and get this. He got shot for a hit of $7,600, which, uh, apparently the dollar is performing very strongly. Go ahead, Trump. By the way, those of you who don't know, Poppy, Big Poppy Ortiz was the, um, great and Hall of, soon to be Hall of Fame, uh, baseball player for the, uh, Boston Red Sox for all of those years. Um, I guess the brother's from Dominican originally, right? Goes back home, yeah. trying to spread the love. Another thing, if you're black, you might not be able to go back home. Um, oh, yeah. that, that seemed to be a theme this summer, uh, or this year, 2019. Uh, we can't go back home. Um, but also, the Dominican, I don't know, Just and I talk about this, because one hand is like, you know what, it's getting dangerous. We just had a guy today wake up dead in, in, Dominion, in Dominican, right? 
Mm-hmm. And the Republicans, DR, so like, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't go, but, you know, I don't know how that on an actuary or statistical basis compares to, say, I don't know, Chicago. All right? You know, it might be just as dangerous in Chicago, all right, or, you know, dealing with the, you know, L.A. or Phoenix PD, right? So, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to tell you that to, to stay out of the Dominican Republic. I ain't going to stay out of Airbnb, but maybe find a Marriott. Watch this. Find a Marriott in the Dominican Republic. You'd be good. How about that? Well, I'll just say, I mean, I'm really nervous about Chicago. I had a great time when I was there, and I loved the people of Chicago when I was there. But I hear from Jesse Smollett that y'all attacking people in polar vortexes. So I, I certainly, I certainly uh, don't want to be caught slipping. We are not. We are not going to go back in there, right, Jesse? <laughs> yeah. You know what? The, the other Jesse, you, Jesse, Jesse, uh, I'm going to just forget that happened. All right, brother. So we're fine. <laughs> But speaking of, of lastly, because we do have to sort of bring this full circle, and we got to get with really, I think, the important issue, and it's going to happen tomorrow, which is, I guess, what, the 20th or um, sorry, the 19th of June in the U.S., uh, the House what, Judiciary Committee is going to deal with the topic of a, a reparations. Now, Mitch McConnell, right, the majority leader of the Senate, weighed in today. Uh, Jesse, before I play the clip, do you want to guess whether he is pro-reparations or, or con? I'm going to go on the limb here, and I'm going to say um, that the idea of reparations to him in and of itself is repugnant. <laughs> you know, you are a cynic, brother. That's your problem, all right? You don't have optimism. Come on, Mitch. Prove him wrong. Prove him wrong, Mitch. Come on, Mitch. Yeah, I, I don't think reparations for something that happened 150 years ago for whom none of us currently living are responsible is a good idea. Uh, we've, you know, tried to deal with our original sin of slavery by fighting a civil war, by passing uh, landmark civil rights legislation. Uh, we've elected an African-American president. Uh, I think we're always a work in progress in this country, uh, but no one currently alive was responsible for that. And I don't think we should be uh, trying to figure out uh, how to compensate for it. First of all, it would be pretty hard to figure out who to compensate. We've had waves of immigrants as well who've come to the country and experienced dramatic uh, uh, discrimination of one kind or another. So, no, I don't think reparations are a good idea. I win! Oh, I don't know how that happened. No, come on, Mitch was such a shocker. Mitch McConnell, the head Republican, is not for reparations. Jesse, since you obviously predicted, I couldn't have possibly predicted it. You had an interesting thought. I think you posted on Facebook, which made me think about it. First of all, I had to call you today and make sure we got on the podcast. So what's your take from this? So I just want to break down everything he just said, which is <laughs> hilarious. First off, he's trying to make it seem like America has already done stuff to atone for slavery and to make us whole. So he says, hey, we fought a civil war. You didn't fight a civil war strictly because you just wanted us to be free. You fought a civil war because you and the southern states couldn't agree on how you all wanted to proceed with this institution of slavery. And you just so happened to have a president who freed all the slaves in the area of the country that had seceded already from the union. 
So let's not like try to make this seem like okay, we did this for you, black people. Um, Absolutely, matter of fact, we have a, a quote specifically from Lincoln. Don't make me pull out the recording. All right, oh, we have oh, yeah. a, a quote from Lincoln where he says, "If I can keep the union together by keeping slavery, I do it." All right, so don't right. act like you know that it was it was the South fighting for slavery and the and the North fighting to keep the South producing money. Right. For it, through slavery. Don't act like anybody here was fighting for black people. All right. All right. But Absolutely. go ahead. Next point. He brings up civil rights. <laughs> What's his laugh? I'm trying not to laugh. I'm trying to take what he says seriously. But he makes it seem like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King got some kind of compensation from the federal government to go through a rally all of our college kids to come out here and have either peaceful protests or go on endeavors that were going to lead to black liberation. And that the United States government was supporting us. In uh, those uh, <laughs> oh, very, 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 very good point. But what, what's, what was our, 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 our special, special take home prize, Bob? Oh, Oh, we gave y'all Barack Obama. So, <laughs> Barack Obama is your reparation. That was my favorite part. Barack Obama is, we, we done already, basically, when he fit with you basically said, we done already hit the mountaintop, right? We can't possibly, right? Uh, this is what I love about this. Then he has some kind of like, a, you know, it's always a work in progress. But here's mm-hmm. what I love. I love someone could have stopped mentioning says, so what do you think needs to be what progress do you think we still need to make? Because the weird thing is, he acknowledges from a general standpoint that there must be racism somewhere, but there will not be a single instance which he will agree is racism that needs to be fixed. If you mm. said police brutality, he'd say, no, 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 not that. That's fine. So so even though he says, you know, there, there, America's work of progress, uh, but, but if you say, oh, well, what about uh, more money for this? Uh, he doesn't want affirmative action. Uh, you know, he, it's interesting how every specific redress would not be right. But as a general matter, yeah, we need to make right, right, right progress, uh, and certainly not this one with regard to reparations. Um, the other thing that cracked me up was the idea that reparations is going to be a punishment imposed against white people specifically for mm. their evil acts against particular black people. And so we're saying, hey, nobody was around back then, right? We didn't do this bad thing. Uh, no, fool, let's get this all clear for everybody. Reparations is compensation. It, it, it's, it's not punishment. It's to say, hey, we stole like 200 free years of labor from you. We stole, <laughs> you know, we owe you, we owe you something for that, like money. This isn't about punishing individual people, all right? As a matter of fact, the money will not come from just white people. It will have to come from the U.S. Treasury, which means we'll all contribute to it, okay? This is the, as a society, as a people saying, we've wronged these people. We're going to make it up to their descendants. But you you want to know the part that that bothers me even, even more than that, all right? The part that really bothers me is... It's not just repayment for all the uh, appreciated value of the free labor that you got for all these, you know, 200 plus years. It's, it's not <laughs> even about that. OK, the, what really bothers me is many of us white people, you need to hear this. Many of us are related to Mitch McConnell. Because <laughs> of part of slavery. 
You basically would rape a slave and have kids that were your kids, but you would put them to work or sell them as an investment for you. So all this time that you're getting money to build your house, to build your business, to build whatever it is that you want. Right. And it's appreciating in value. And your name is going on buildings, schools, everything. But all of that is coming from the labor and these peculiar institutions that you're running. And then to turn around and tell basically your great great grandkid, hey, we're not giving you enough money for, for none of the work or Ooh. none of the inheritance or none of that stuff. Like it's a slap in the face. Oh, and then that's on top of a that, good one. You're right, because you're right. Or at least or not you know, you're you you're telling your cousin, right? Because right. basically, you know, your daddy, your great great granddaddy, you know, what what made you and us you're absolutely right, right? And so it's not even like, you know, I love that. You know, that's, that's an amazing level. But here's the problem, though, is we're running across psyche. And I'm going to look this up before the show started. So when we, in 88, there were reparations that were given to Japanese Americans who had been wrong, wrongfully interned in camps in World War II. Right. And interestingly enough, the way it was structured was it was $20,000 per surviving, okay, um, person. But you can see the mindset here, which is if you've already passed on, we're not compensating your family for the loss, right? We're not compensating for the fact that you lost businesses, that, you know, that, that you lost homes, et cetera. We're compensating you for your individual inconvenience. You mm-hmm. were interred in this place, and so you get it. But if you die, your kids don't get any of that because they weren't interred. Right. It's individual inconvenience. And so if you use that mindset, McCall's like, wait a minute, none of you experience that individual inconvenience of slavery. Okay. Which is, you know, what a horrible term that is. But but you, because you didn't experience this personally, you will give, you know, we'll give a billion dollars to every survivor. But since there are no survivors, I guess none of you get it. And it's a peculiar way of looking at things. And America does this all the time. We do that with Native Americans, et cetera. There's an idea that says, okay, if I harm you and wrong you today individually, you personally, then you might be entitled to some compensation. But whatever I've been able to steal from you over the generations is mine. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Well, what is it? What is it? You know, snooze, you lose. Right. Even if, by the way, you weren't snoozing because you were actually dead. Like, you know, oh, why, wait, master, right, 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 right. master, right. but basically, and, and, and here's what I say, and I've been saying this for years, okay, what they've done with the Native Americans and recognizing that is they weren't going to give them any of this land back, they're just valuable, we got malls and stuff like that, we're not doing that, but what they gave them at least was some casinos, mm-hmm. So here is, is, is what I think, uh, what, 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 what black Americans need to get. We need to get a monopoly on the shoe companies. Okay. All right. Nike, you can't make shoes. You know, no, 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 I don't want that. Actually, scratch that. I Take that back, white people. Don't listen to me. Here's what I want. I'm editing it out. Because what I want is I want the weed monopoly. Hmm. Interesting. I want the weed monopoly. That's fair. I think that's totally fair. We we, we built, we put the cotton. Let's pick the weed now. We'll pick the weed. Let's have the weed monopoly. We, 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 we'll be fine. All right, but you got to give us something. You can't simply say, "Oh yeah, we stole all your stuff and you labored and 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 you know and, and raped and killed and and by the way, um, but that was a long time ago." Right. That's not how justice works. And what you certainly can't do is try to mesh in slavery and 
discrimination with other <laughs> with other groups as if that's just all one and the same. Like that is to me, that's the most racist, insidious part of what he said. He was like, how will we even know who to pay when, you know, so many different groups immigrated here and faced discrimination? No. How many groups came here involuntarily and were mutilated, beaten, and owned in perpetuity, right, <laughs> to a uh, system? You, there's only one group of people that that the, happened. The, the Irish, and, right? That was Irish, right? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the Italians, right? The Polish? They said, Absolutely oh, not. Remember they, we used to call Polish films. Remember that? That, that was Polish, right? Absolutely I, I, not. That was, to me, was worse. And once again, though, and I, you see, once again, you know, they're looking at it from the standpoint of individual bad actions and saying mm-hmm. these people had bad things happen to them. And I'm like, no, no, no. This isn't about people having bad things happen to them. This is about you having un, unearned wealth that you right. have, that you have, and you continue. To, by the way, here's the thing I love about it is Mitch McConnell knows this because uh, Mitch McConnell is, is, is a very rich man. Okay, right. I saw something was had some wealth of something like I'll, I'll see what it is, fifty, hundred million. I don't know, some huge amount of money. Uh, but Mitch McConnell did not start a tech startup. Mm-hmm. I, I know, I know, I know. People want to want to believe that, but that's not exactly how how, how Mitch uh, uh, got, got 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 his money. Right. right? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I love the fact that there is this idea that, you know, these people, you know, sort of pay like, you know, he pulled himself out from his own bootstraps. And no, 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 no. All right. You inherit a bunch of money. You become rich from your family and they pass money on you. You've earned more money from investments, money that you never did anything with than you've ever made from working. And somehow you don't think, you, but you seem to not understand the value of wealth. Of, of, of how advantageous it is, how if other people have wealth, they, they might be able to, to do some of the things you did. And so he understands wealth. It's not like he doesn't. He gets, he, he gets it. And, and that, to me, was one of the most racist statements he had, which was, I acknowledge, right, that the original sin of slavery, and I'm simply not going to do anything about it. I'm, I'm perfectly in, in favor of white people having this hegemony, this, this supremacy. And I'm actually I'm, I'm not mad at black people. My favorite, my, my, you know, I'm sure he is a, he, he is a, he is a Kawhi Leonard fan or whatever it is, right? right. <laughs> I'm sure his favorite basketball player is black. I'm sure his college is mm-hmm. black. Whatever it is, right? All that stuff. But you know, he 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 he, he probably fantasizes about Kerry Washington just like just like I do. All right, really? but that's not the point. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and don't act like I'm the only one. All right, but the point is, <laughs> <laughs> is that you know that idea. Okay, that, you know, I'm just going to allow, right, white supremacy to, to, to be, to, to, to stay as it is. I'm not increasing it. I'm just keeping it as the way it is. Is, is, um, you know, that's racism. That's the definition of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, this whole thing, I, I'm not shocked, right? I'm not shocked by Mitch McConnell. I'm not shocked that attitudes like Mitch McConnell exist. Um, I, I really feel like, if anything, and we've already talked about this, I think this reparations talk goes nowhere. I think this is false hope. I'm happy to see that we have a group of people, at least in the House of Representatives, who are considering it. But I personally think that you just can't contract for somebody to give up their advantage. And then we have no way of quantifying even the value or degree of that advantage. So I, I just don't see unless... I mean, now granted, if checks come out, I'm in line. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. How do you pay? But I just don't see any way that they will be able to quantify 
the value of the African-American contribution. And what's funny is people like Mitch are the same people who will sit back and talk about how lazy black people are and how you need to lift yourself up by your bootstraps and all that stuff. Right. But at the same time, don't acknowledge the 200 plus years of free work that we were providing to the country to build up these reservoirs of cash that the country operates on, even to this day. And nobody is trying to come back and rectify anything. They're letting us live in communities that they have money and access to be able to improve. But they don't want to do it. Right. They don't want to do it. They want your property value to be low so that they can come buy up your property, put a Starbucks on it, and you're out of there and they got cheap property by downtown. Right. And then charge it back to you for four times the value of what it was when they kicked you out. That's the way that the capitalist system operates. And I just feel like he knows that. He's not dumb. He knows that. You know, and, you know, and actually, I got to tell you, one mistake because I, and some of you have Google out there, and so I just Googled it while we were talking, and I found out how Mitch got his money. His family didn't have any money. Mitch got his money the really old-fashioned way. He married into it. His his wife um, uh, was Elaine Chow, um, who actually ended up getting a job in the Trump administration. I think she's um, a transportation secretary or whatever. But um, oh. her family is, is super wealthy. So he starts out in the Senate with, you know, just regular, you know, net worth, not, not really rich at all. I, I couldn't see where the guy worked ever. All right. And all of a sudden he's making $194,000 a year. It's not going to make you a rich man. And he jumps up. Because it says here, according to the financial disclosure form, that he got a gift from a filer's relative. Um, his wife's family happens to um, be really, really wealthy. Uh, <laughs> her father founded something called the Foremost Maritime Corporation, um, which uh, donated $40 million to Harvard Business School in 2012. Yeah, Lee. Right. Uh, so, yeah, they've got so so basically he got his money the old fashioned way. Right. He married into it. Um, and and I love the fact that, you know, I'm sure if you asked him, he thought he, he'd tell you, he, you know, he, he pulled himself up by his bootstraps. Um, he certainly and I love that. Thing. I'm sure he would say also he couldn't possibly be racist. He's got an Asian wife. Um, brother. I'm sure it's arranged. It's a range. Yeah, exactly. But the brother's answer, obviously, is that um, we you gonna have to start marrying better. Um, <laughs> come on up and get, get 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 some of this maritime money. Uh, stop doing looks and love and all that stupid stuff. That's not working. Uh, Miss, you got to do the McConnell route. Um, and go ahead. You want to get reparations if you go ahead and and, and marry enough people with some money. Um, so um, maybe that might be the best strategy long term. That being said, I agree with you, Jesse. I don't think we're going to get reparations. Uh, it's probably a fruitless conversation. But I think I, I, the only thing I like about it is it makes the people make makes the senators take a position. Okay. Right. And I love to see everyone on record with their particular positions, with their because I think we can start talking about the idea. For example, is this idea that you know, and I think, how many times have you heard to say this? My family came here and they were discriminated against too. To get people to understand that, no, 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 the fact that someone called you a name once is not the same goddamn thing, right? That is totally, totally different, all right, than than, than this. And generally speaking, people, you know, have got to 
you get past that idea that, you know, these are the same things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, the, the one thing for our white listeners that I want you all to really, really understand and appreciate is you may not necessarily understand the full impacts of slavery, not just on the American economy, but to black people, to black America, the whole system of our uh, origin story within this country is fractured because while people were in Philadelphia and in Boston and in Washington, D.C., talking about liberty, justice for all, inalienable rights from their creator and all this stuff. They were going home and beating their slaves up in Virginia. Right. So the the whole concept is that we have ideals that our society is supposed to espouse. And then we have the reality of what society really is. And for black people, historically, we've always been the ones to get the short end of the stick. Uh, so much so that everything that we look at now, when you look at um, news articles about crime in your local area, they're not putting up the the, the uh, incidents of crime involving white people a lot. Right. It's overwhelmingly going to be the incidents of crime involving black people, which really goes back to the poverty cycle, which is really something that was created because of not just slavery, but because of Jim Crow uh, discrimination and the inability for people to access capital that they need in order to dig themselves out of the trench. I can't start a business if I can't get the money to start a business. I can't buy a home if I can't get the money to to buy the home. But that, I can't I, for a long time. I'm not allowed to own it. That's why I want the weed business. Right, right, right. I want it. <laughs> I, I, I want it. Um, and, um, and, and so that's what we're going we're gonna to shoot for in, in 2020. Um, but for right now, uh, we're going to get off this podcast. Um, Jesse, any um, – oh, we didn't tell people about the most important thing. We number What's nine. That? Number nine. Absolutely. We're Player FM. We're number nine. We're number nine. We're number nine. So Player FM has ranked the best black legal podcast in, I don't know if it's the world or America. It doesn't matter. Uh, We're we're number nine. Yeah, we're number nine. For some reason, I think they they mixed up the numbers one and nine. (laughs) So (laughs) so we're number nine. But, you know, it's a starting point. And now that we're being ranked and looked at, you know, on a bigger scale, now we're dependent on you guys, the listeners. To really go forth and spread the gospel of the Brothers in Law podcast. Talk to your friends. Talk to your jobs. Talk to see if your jobs have sponsorship opportunities that they want to <laughs> pursue through us. Find out and get the word out because now that I know that somebody in some place that I don't know about is ranking these things, I know. we can be not just the best black legal podcast. What's stopping us from being the best podcast? Period. What's what stopping is, us from being the web What is stopping us from being legal? That's what I want to know. I, <laughs> I, I, want, I, I want to be something, one of those things. I, I want to at least be legal. Um, and, and, you know, and so, you know, I, I just, thanks for finding that out. That was, that made my, my, my weekend. We got something to shoot for. Be number one. First, we'd be number one in best black legal. Then we'd be number one in legal. Then we'd be number one in best black. Then we'd be number right, one right. in, <laughs> and we'd be blackest. Right? We're going to, we're going to be big and black and do it all. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we thank you guys for, for, for listening to us and and 
um, you know, we've, we've certainly been appreciative and, and, and love having this outlet to, to, to vent and, and hopefully um, you learn something from, from us and, and we definitely uh, learn something from y'all, which is, um, you know, bring your own washcloth. <laughs> and, and for those who haven't done so already, we say this every week, so we want to make sure that you're on board. Make sure that you follow us on Facebook. And that's brothers-in-law, B-R-U-T-H-A-S-N-Law, L-A-W. Uh, also, uh, you can email us. I know we haven't really been uh, voicing this as often as we should, but you can email us at brothersinlaw at gmail.com. Uh, and we can start going through what your comments are, what your requests are. Specifically, you know, we do uh, interesting pre-bumps with different voices and different people that we spotlight. If we're missing somebody, let me know. And if I can find something creative, hey, you never know. Your idea might come to fruition. So uh, with that said, follow us on all social media uh, and um, definitely keep telling people about our podcast and having them tune in to uh, SoundCloud, Apple, or wherever they get their podcasts from. Thanks a lot, everybody.